0: During the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to another edition of FCN's podcast. Uh, Emily, what are we talking about today?
1: Today, we are talking about coaching clients with irregular income, and that covers a wide range of people, whether it's people who work on commission and so get huge payouts one month and don't another month, whether that's people in, for example, the restaurant world who get tips, and so day-to-day could be high-low, whether that's people who are paid in cash, whether that's construction workers who maybe have hot seasons and cold seasons where both... (laughs) both literally physically with the weather where it's hot and cold. And then also um, financially where they get paid when they've got jobs, then maybe in the winter, they're not working as much, all of that.
0: I think one of the things that a lot of people make a mistake on with this particular topic is they have a tendency to think that this is something that is only for people with, you know, lower income jobs, Waitering, waitressing, so on and so forth, which you can have a really high income waiter, a waitressing job, or other things along those lines as well. Uh, it's not uncommon at really nice restaurants for them to be close to six figures or above. Well, um, yeah,
1: totally. um,
0: but these swings can be a lot bigger than people realize. Right. So um, there are, I, I have, um, there are people who have swings that are as large as, um, you know, a million, two million, three million $3 million. Wow. Uh, one year they might be looking at 100,000 and another year they might be looking at a $2 million income. Um, this is very common for business owners, depending on what's going on with regards to their business. Uh, but it can be all sorts of different uh environments, right? It can be all sorts of different uh reasons why this can happen. So, you know, one of the things to keep in mind is we can't just simply say, you know, oh, well, this is something that should be easily fixable based on X, Y, or Z, right? Um, the swings can be quite dramatic and the income can also vary very greatly based on its taxation, right? The the method of taxation. And that can have some additional complications associated as well um, obviously we're not going to go into tax uh planning related to this but i think it is important to consider how that type of variable income especially with really large swings would have really really signi- could have really really significant on uh, as- impacts on other aspects of their finances um including their retirement plan right and we can talk about this a little bit but you know, save 10% of your income, if someone has really, really big swings, especially from year to year, can actually be really, really bad at five. (laughs) Right?
1: Uh If if the swings are as big as you were saying, from 100,000 to 2 million, 10% of your 100,000 is probably going to be better served sort of maintaining baseline spending. And when you're making 2 million, you can probably put a heck of a lot more than 10% away. Very yeah,
0: time. you or can't cash. put 10% away into a retirement account, but you can definitely put more Fair. in. Um, and, and so there's going to be tax implications, There, there's going to be insurance uh, impacts, uh, and not just, you know, life insurance, but disability insurance, you know, a lot of different factors. Um, and so it's important to realize when you see really big swings, anytime something gets extreme, it probably means that you're going to need to refer the client or tell the client you need to be talking to here's a laundry list of people.
1: (laughs) And what is that laundry list? Obviously somebody to work with taxes,
0: BPA, a good financial planner. I, what I will say is with taxes, you're going to need generally two people. One is a CPA. And the other is a good financial planner that deals with this type of stuff.
1: Ah, That makes sense.
0: Um, CPAs are historians. Financial planners are futurists, and they are very, very different skill sets.
1: So So I would guess that most of us financial coaches are not going to be working with people whose income swings are quite that dramatic. Probably.
0: Not necessarily, but probably
1: most of us. It's not going to be that wide.
0: What I would say is most clients are going to not have that type of swing, right? Okay,
1: that's fair. Um, I I,
0: w- I want to be very careful about suggesting that most coaches would not necessarily have that. Uh, for example, um, you know, if a if you're dealing with or working with people in the construction industry, I think that construction industry employees are likely to be within the sweet spot of a pretty significant number of coaches, right? Fair. Yeah. Um, it's very common for construction industry employees to have huge swings in income, not a hundred thousand to 2 million, but definitely, you know, 250, $300,000 one year and $40,000 the next. Right. So, um, you know, the, the, the big swings don't have to be that dramatically big, <laughs> right? right? They can be much more, um, much more mild, but still have a lot of the same impacts because going from 40,000 to 300,000, you're going to have a lot of the same retirement planning and tax planning and other thing, other issues being incorporated in. Yeah.
1: So when taking it from, because Obviously, the vast majority of financial coaches do not do or should not do at least taxes and investment planning because most of us are not licensed to do so. Some people are. Most of us are not. So when looking at the cash flow management side of that, the month to month side of that, what are some of the best strategies? And before you get into that, uh, we did have a question submitted from Stephen who said, this is what I do. I'd love feedback on that. So what well I guess do you want to get into it or should I bring up what he said he does and then we'll get into more there.
0: Let's get into it and then we'll look right. at Stevens to see how much parallel there is and then we'll come back. Sounds good. Um so first off is what I would say is the more extreme the scenario you you mentioned, you know some people do do taxes, um the more extreme the scenario the more you should be concerned over whether or not your skill set is sufficient. Right. <laughs> right. Um and that, and that's not to say that Financial coaches can't be really good at taxes. It's just that the more extreme things are, the more specialization is required.
1: Right? I was just kind of talking about that with a client earlier today, where they're like, yep, we need to get our taxes done so we can figure stuff out. And I was like, Yep, I pay somebody to do my taxes as well. Because when my husband and I got married, we were right out of college. We were moving residency from different states, but we didn't college to a different state and we ended up in a different state and we bought a house. And
0: it's a like, bad, it's bad thing me. to try to do it's by taxes. yourself.
1: Single person with a W2 income and nothing else, you can probably handle that past that, like I just want somebody who's read the tax code and understands like yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So let's talk about how to manage uh, with pe- when people have big swings. and a lot of it depends on the nature of the swing, right? Mm-hmm. So you can ask follow-up questions to any of these, but if the swings are within the same month, it's pretty easy to manage, right? So we really don't have to worry about that as much. That's kind of like, well, one week I get paid and one week I don't, right? If the swings are within the same year, so maybe some quarters are higher than others, right? um, Then what we need to do is we need to start having structures in place to try and create a more even spread of income, right? Where the income is the same every month, and we have those high months kind of set aside for um, for the period of times when the low months come. We can talk about strategies for doing that, but that's, that's not as straightforward as the swings within, you know, intra-month swings, but intra-year swings, I think most financial coaches are probably relatively comfortable with.
1: General breakdown of that would be Put the income in, probably a high-yield savings account would be a good place.
0: I wouldn't bother with a high-yield savings account, to be honest with you.
1: I suppose it it probably depends on how wide those swings are and how often. But put put the money in an account, high-yield savings account if you want, not if you want, and sort of have that baseline amount that you're pulling from there. And then the low months, you pull from there, the high months. The low months, the balance goes down. The high months, the balance goes up. And you try to keep that baseline amount.
0: Exactly. And the reason why I wouldn't bother with a high yield savings account is because ultimately convenience is going to be more important than getting an extra one half of 1% on $4,000 that's sitting in an account for a month and a, a half. more
1: than a half of a percent right now. I mean, it's like 3% right now, but. Well,
0: I, I depends on the spread, right? So, uh, and I, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't do. Account.
1: Standard yeah. checking account versus high yield savings account, it's but yeah, that account is less important.
0: Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't do a high yield savings account, but really focus on convenience of the transfers more than more than the interest rate. Right.
1: And that would also depend on how frequently you're transferring. Is yeah. it, are you paying yourself once a month? Or are you paying yourself out of that? Are you pulling money out of that account essentially once a month weekly?
0: Or you should only be pulling money out once a month
1: that would be ideal to get to that because
0: moment. you want to replicate a a stable paycheck twice a month at the most right you want to replicate a stable ch- paycheck what you don't want to do and this is absolutely something you want to avoid is have the person pull out from it for expenses that they have that come up because then you get into the problem of not really you get into the problem of stealing from that savings account and you get into the problem of not Really knowing what the cash flow is looking like because you've complicated the the transactions
1: that eliminates yeah. the whole purpose of having a standard amount each month, week, exactly, weekly exactly. whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, when we look at year to year, that becomes more problematic, right? Because when you're looking at a year to year thing, uh, what ends up happening is, you know, let's say you're going from three hundred thousand to forty thousand dollars um, really, really hard to save up that money (laughs) over the course of a year. Um, and we don't really know when the next up ramp is going to come. Right. And so what happens there is we need to, we would, would want to set up an account like that, but we also want to start to identify trigger points for other strategies. Right. Other strategies may include looking for additional income. Mm -hmm. Um, Other strategies may include a larger savings account, right? A larger emergency fund. Um, Other strategies can also include looking at uh, appropriate insurances,
1: right?
0: -hmm. Um, So there's an insurance that everyone buys into because they're Legally required to, and you're not allowed to say no to it. Uh, and that's unemployment insurance. And a lot of people think that that's a government benefit. It is, but it's an it's an insurance policy, right? And um, there are other types of insurance policies that are similar to that, right? Um, if you have rental properties, you can have rental income insurance, where if the rental property is vacant for two or three months, the insurance then steps in and pays for that rental income during that period of time. Um, there's business continuity insurance or business income insurance, similar type of scenario. Um, and so we'd we want to look at what insurances may be available as a potential strategy, uh, not as the only strategy, but as a component of it. Right? Um, and then the other thing that we need to look at is, um, You know, we want to look at the family holistically. Um, If both family members are in the same boat, that's going to be somewhat problematic. Right. That
1: sounds stressful.
0: Yeah. But if one family member has that higher, highly variable income and the other family member doesn't. Then we we want to use that family member who doesn't have the highly variable income as kind of our safe harbor, if you will. Um, and focus the the high years on progress, on goal progress, right? And this is going to fly in the face of what a lot of people probably want to believe. But if you have clients that have that type of situation and you find that out, um, you probably don't want to pay down credit card debt or car loans or any others, regardless of how high the income is if they're not in a high income year. Yeah. Um, you know, treading water or even going deeper into debt. Again, not something people might be comfortable with, but the client going deeper into debt during that period of time, um, especially if the if that period of time happens to coincide with when they start working with you, could be the best scenario for that client. And then looking at you know, treading water being the ideal, and then looking at doing some big movements during the high income years.
1: Yeah. Using that, essentially finding that baseline, we need this much. When you got more, what do we do with that? How can we use that extra above the baseline to set us up? I mean, kind of same thing as month to month to set us up for the next year, but also to work towards some of those longer term goals that maybe you can't work towards whether that's debt payoff whether that's retirement savings as we were talking about before yeah that kind
0: of thing. and sometimes you have to go backwards yeah it's it, yeah it's not what you want but it is the it may be the right thing in that scenario um you know and it and it hopefully builds trust you know that you're willing to go backwards with them with a plan And that trust can be then used later on to push forward on making big drops to the debt when the big income comes in.
1: Yeah, and also using that to plan ahead so that that's not the situation you're in with the next down cycle. Exactly. Because we've all, well, we probably have it all, but many of us, if you have worked with clients, you have probably had clients who, hopefully before they worked with you, have been in a debt cycle of, paying off debt and then building it back up and then
0: paying it off. And then, yeah. And a part of it also comes down. The other thing you have to consider with regard to that is what is the likelihood of that upcycle, right? Um, There's a big difference between, you know, I am working for a small startup company and my stock options were what was creating that income. And those stock options are now in the toilet, right? Because the company's struggling. Well, there's no guarantee that that company is going to come out of this with their stock options back up to where they were in the past. Right. right? Um, I would argue, if the company was Google, or Tesla, or, or Microsoft, or Apple, right, that there's more likelihood that the down cycle is part of a the normal business cycle, right. Mm-hmm. Um, If the person is in the construction industry, right, construction very much has cyclical ups and downs, and they're pretty well documented historically. Right. Um, And so the money coming back may be um, very likely if they're in an industry where the industry is shrinking dramatically. Right. Um, Then there's a lot less likely. So so really looking at what are the circumstances of that individual client before we go into the treading water idea to make sure that that upcycle is actually going to be coming as opposed to falling into the same trap of, well, I'll just get a bunch of credit cards because I'm gonna get a new job next year and that's going to pay me a lot more.
1: It would be nice if you could count on that, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. So we we really want to evaluate the likelihood of that upcycle. And some upcycles are very confident we can say yes, other upcycles, not so much. And then treading water becomes, it may still be a requirement, but it becomes a bigger problem.
1: So let's circle back to Stephen.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So his question was specifically about realtors, but I think applies to pretty much anybody probably in that. Month to month, quarterly mm-hmm. kind of cycle, and we kind of touched on some of this. But I'm especially curious about his last point here. Anyway, so he said his first step is basically talking about, yep, you're on a roller coaster of income, so let's make a roller coaster fund, which is what we talked about, where pull out a certain amount every month, and then prioritize make it, prioritize your budget, figuring out what gets paid first, what gets paid second you know, what, what do you have to pay and what do you not have to pay? Um, And then from that also kind of sounds like somewhat similar to that stuff, but have a base budget and then have a normal budget or like have a bare bones budget, but then also have a more comfortable budget to kind of work within those.
0: Yeah. I think that that's all, that's all. Yeah. Really, really good. The, the, big thing that we need to make sure to come to come in right with that is you know with realtors those swings are going to be beyond that and with a lot of people right but since realtors are the ones that he mentioned and they're Mm -hmm. a good example of this those swings are going to be on going to be beyond that bare bones versus the ideal budget
1: yeah Uh,
0: you know realtors they make a lot of money during the high selling season and not a lot of people buying houses in the winter. And so that's a very kind of feast or famine period, right? Annual cycle. Um, But then you also have the challenge of real estate overall goes through larger um, secular cycles, right? Where it's multi-year, where they may have really, really good years and then really really down years um and so we yes i think having a bare bones and a this is a nicer budget number is a really good idea but i would also add to that that you know during those really up years or during those really up times we also need to identify what are the things that we're just not going to include in the budget
1: Uh oh, yeah
0: and actually not include things in the budget but these are going to be our you know our I don't know, hail mary passes are <laughs> a lot of money we're going to make a lot of progress on that and when we don't have a lot of money we're going to make zero progress on it
1: mm-hmm.
0: um or even potentially negative progress on it
1: right kind of like we were talking about before with the construction of the big the, the boom and the bust essentially of Yeah. Acknowledging that moving backwards may happen at some periods and what can we do so that the the good months, the good periods, we're taking two steps forward and then one step back, sort of trying to at least continuously be making progress, even if it's not a nice straight line like we would all like it to be and like it never, ever, ever is. is. Whether people have have uh, consistent income or not.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I think that's a big part of this is really realizing that it's okay. to take steps back with irregular income um, because that's going to be the nature of it, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, there is a, a disease that happens with financially fit people, people who are really focused on their finances, There's lots of diseases that happen mm-hmm. with them. This particular one is uh, the disease of perpetual sunshine,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: It was, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, right?
1: Mm-hmm. It's always possible to do X, Y, and Z.
0: Yeah, well, that and, okay, we're gonna build your emergency fund.
1: Mm-hmm. And then and, we're not gonna to have to use it.
0: And then we're never gonna use it, right? It's never going, we have an umbrella, we have this money here in case it rains, but we never open the umbrella, right? right. And I, I think that, especially with people with irregular income, you're going to open that umbrella a lot.
1: And sometimes it's going to be windy, and the umbrella is going to blow inside out, and it's not going to be effective
0: That's as life. effective
1: as you want it to be, yeah,
0: yeah. And so that 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 feeling comfortable with things that you probably aren't comfortable with, right that one step back is going to be an important part of working with clients when they have this highly irregular income
1: and probably bringing that up with them at the beginning of the time you're working together. So that there is that expectation so that when it happens, since it's probably not an if, it's probably a when. They're prepared for it and they're like, oh, that's right. We talked about this. It's still really frustrating, but at least it's not coming out of the blue. Yeah,
0: I I think it's important for them to be prepared for it. Um, I, I think a lot of financial coaches, to be honest with you it's the financial coach that needs to be psychologically prepared for it more than that's more. fair, <laughs> that's right? Fair. The client has been living this for the last uh, X number of years. Right. Uh, so to them, the ego,
1: the, ego, yeah. the financial coach ego comes out. I'm yeah. working with the client. Why aren't they doing perfectly? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that that's a bigger issue because the client is used to seeing progress and dropping back. Right. So from their perspective, they're already prepared for it. They just need to feel comfortable that this isn't the end of the world. Right. It's, I I think it's the financial coach. Oftentimes that has the biggest issue with that because it's not fitting into that nice, neat little box that we, that we like to create.
1: But Um, I like the box. It's a
0: fun box. It's a safe box. We just can't be in it all the time. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: All right. I think that covers things.
0: I just want to, did we, wanted to make sure we didn't have any other...
1: We had one comment mentioning that remodel contractors are especially hurting right now with the mm-hmm. housing market slowing down, which 100%. And that hits both construction contractors, et cetera, and the realtors of the housing market impacting things.
0: Yeah, I would say anything housing related whatsoever is going to be really, really difficult for the time being, and you're going, if you're getting clients in a housing related environment, um, treading water, be have some expectations that treading water is going to be the best that you're likely going to be able to do until we get through this sort of cycle. And I don't know what cycle is going to end. It might end next month, right? Um, But, you know, just, you know, having that expectation that treading water is okay. And it's what we're probably going to end up with, with certain clients.
1: On that depressing note, (laughs) we'll see you all next week.
0: Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. So you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well.